see here. Work on a band together. Wish I had my strings with me. <clears throat> All right, let's see here. Creed's second entry for the expedition to rescue the girl. Uh, 1451 of the Cogbell calendar. I am using the Cogbell because it seems like the only calendar anyone cares about, but I actually prefer Bertram and Shale calendar because everything's arranged in such a way that it fits nicely in the uh, they don't need to know all that <laughs> that's stupid uh, I'll just say in in my last entry mentioned the meeting uh, of three cousins. So far, they have been the most interesting part of the journey. Uh, I was relieved that they agreed to come along. The mountain would far prefer that we join you. What? We're in. We are coming Here. with you. It's the giant. It's a it's a giant religion. They they we worship the mountain. Well, they do. He does. You understand that this could be kind of dangerous, right? I mean, we're going up the mountain in no dead of winter. The mountain yes. will protect us. It is there to be worshipped and feared. They didn't take a particular liking to Benedict, uh, the high-spirited gentleman. There was almost an incident on the trail with him. Uh, <laughs> they decided to hang a bell on his neck, which I thought was pretty funny. Where I come from, you do not touch people. <laughs> Apologies. All I meant to say I is, uh, glad to have you on the team, friend. I will friend. break your hand if you do it again. <laughs> Oh. Yes, he said it. We are not friends. <laughs> Sheena, uh, the pretty red-haired young lady, is quite handy with her inventions. She's a she's an artificer, whatever, whatever the spelling on that is. She said she would fix up a couple of the party's weapons, which she seems to be doing right now, as I write this. I can make it shoot on its own very fast. She gives you a strange skeptical look, and then she says, We can try it. If you don't want that, I can also make it return to your hand if you ever drop it or anything. She said something about imbuing them with magic. 
I'm not familiar with that sort of thing. What else is going on? Uh, Firdos, the oldest of the three cousins, he's sort of a wilderness type, as I wrote in a previous note. He, uh, well, he's out by a tree right now. He's making hand gestures and things. I, I don't know what's going on there. You can communicate with me? Ah, uh, yes, I can. And vice versa. We were told that there was a party coming through here, um, roughly about two weeks ago. Wondering if you could uh, tell me anything about them. I'm down here, by the way, and I look up towards the top of the tree and wave. <laughs> there was a gathering of people. They tied this to me. Anyway, tomorrow we'll be getting up bright and early to continue our trek up the mountain. Oh, uh, I lost 30 silver pieces tonight. Gambling with the lumberjacks here in the lodge. Kind of hoping I can get reimbursed for that. I would definitely call that a work expense. I think that was definitely on the job. And, uh, so, tomorrow is going to be another long walk. Not sure I'm up for it, but I can't quit now. We'll see how that goes. So, this is Creed's second entry, and I'm signing out. Time to Die Podcast Network presents The Giant's March. The road is long, but the world is small. I need one of you to roll a d4 for weather. Last episode, Tim's character, Mads, made a decent prediction. He rolled well. And so I will let you have advantage when you roll for the severity of the weather. So roll twice? Yep, tell me the first number and then uh, you can have advantage on the second number. Alright, the first number is a 1. Hmm. The second number is a 2. Advantage on the second number. Oh. Okay, well, the second time, the second number is a one. So a one, a two, and a one. <laughs> Just cloudy with a chance of meatballs. <laughs> when do you guys normally wake up? Dawn? We're giants. In your everyday lives. <laughs> Whenever we want to wake up. Dawn? <laughs> Seen as a pretty early riser. You guys are in this lumber camp, and you're just sleeping in what they have, which is a big room full of cots that their guys sleep in. And, uh, Ferdos, you get shaken awake. 
and staring down at you is Emil Seraphim, the uncle. It is time to go. Already, we've not just lied down. How is it uh, time? Already. He doesn't really answer. He just goes on to um, the next member. He, he goes to, over to the busker. Cena, you might be awake already. Or at least waking up as they start to stir and get off their cots and start donning their coats or whatever. She's probably been up, like, doing fine-tuning on Gygax, to be honest. Mads, are you a heavy sleeper or not? Mm, no, not super heavy. Okay. Yeah, he wakes you up and... Uh, you guys, it's not even light out. It's still dark. I don't know. I don't think you guys have clocks, but you would guess the rooster has definitely not crowed yet. <laughs> Probably like five in the morning, maybe four. So uh, the first thing Ferdas would do, um, I'm going to sort of um, sit, uh, sort of crisscross style, and um, and concentrate and uh, recite like a little mantra. And cast a druid craft with the um, with the goal to uh, create a tiny harmless sensory effect that predicts the weather that will be at our location within the next 24 hours. Um, it might have manifest as like a golden orb for clear skies or a cloud for rain, you know, falling snowflakes or whatever. Why don't you roll again, and that'll tell you what's coming uh, for the, like by the time evening hits. Okay, a four. A four is snow. And a two. And a two is middle snow. It's not super heavy. It's not light. It's just kind of midway. Okay. So, uh... So, by the end of the day, it's going to start snowing. And your little orb tells you this. Okay. I believe we should dress warmly. The life of a busker is not one of getting up early. Was that the guy that we liked or no? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, I think you feel neutral about him. The life of an adventurer is different. I, for one, love getting up early. Uh, of course you do. That's the one That's we hate. the one you don't yeah. like. <laughs> <laughs> I, I noticed as soon as it sounded a lot like you, I, I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> not this guy. Bright and early, ready to start the day, meet new people, put smiles on people's faces. In fact, in your case, I, I think that um, I was wrong when I said to dress warmly. Um, a t-shirt should do. Uh, Benedict, uh, I think I think that we need to talk about something. You see, you are at like a ten. <laughs> I need you to take it down to about a five until the sun is at least halfway in the sky. Good. I can actually take it higher. I don't. I don't want you to do that, please. Thank you. The busker, whose name you've learned is Creed, <laughs> looks at you, uh, Ferdos, and looks at the orb that you've created to predict the weather, and he says, You seem to know something about survival. Sorry, I, I'm, I can't, uh, you literally have a character named Creed, and you had another character say that they could take it higher, and then nothing happened, and my brain is exploding. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just had to mention that. Um. <laughs> Fuck. I had one beer too many. Um, yes, I'm well versed in all things of nature. Is something troubling you? 
No, I'd be troubled if you didn't. I'm glad someone on this team knows something about survival, because I spend most of my time making music, and I haven't been up in these mountains before since, well, maybe when I was a teenager, but that was long ago. There are many of us who have. You should do it more often. Um, I find nature is very inspiring. Well, we're going up the mountain, so let's go there. <laughs> Could you please not do that anymore? <laughs> that is a very annoying noise you have just made with your mouth. <laughs> the uncle walks in already. He's already donned and his backpack's on and he's ready to go and he looks at you all and he says There's no more time for Dilly Dally. We'll have to eat along the way. Lead on then. He does so. He turns almost military-like and marches out of the uh, sleeping quarters. I will follow. I will follow. I will follow as well. Guy next. The air outside is cold and biting, but it's calm, and you can hear the crunch of snow under your boots, but that's about it. The sound is just dead. No animals, no breeze, and it marches on this way until it starts. the sky starts to lighten and the sun just peeks over the horizon, kind of cutting through this foresty tree area. Well, if nothing else, sure is a pretty place to spend our day. By the way, as we're leaving the, the log camp, um, as we walk by that tree, I like um, nod at, uh, at Elmer as, as we walk by. That's my name for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's no wind today, and yet somehow the leaves rustle a little bit. The busker falls back a ways, and he's walking in pace with you, Ferdos. He, he's looking up at Emil, who, who's quite a ways in front of you, leading this uh, pack, and he says, I think that man feels a lot of guilt. Which man are you talking about? Emil, the uncle of the one who was kidnapped. Oh, what does he have to be guilty about? Do you think he's in on it? I think he blames himself for not going with uh, his brother for the first rescue mission. But they all disappeared. If he had gone with them, he surely would have disappeared too. That's probably true, but I'm sure he thinks to himself that maybe he could have done something and they wouldn't have disappeared. That is quite an irrational feeling. I would hate to be strucken with it. People what's experienced tragedy aren't always rational. What do you think happened? What do I think happened? I, I still have yet to know. The tree knew next to nothing other than which way everyone went. Hmm. You ever uh, experience any loss in your family? I was separated from my family at a rather young age for giants. Mm. I live amongst the druid circle. We are 
not exactly close, but yet we are as close as we are allowed to have. I thought these two here were members of your family. He gestures to Mads and Cena. Of course, by blood. Um, closeness amongst the situation that I've been in is turned out to be not very close at all. I see. You had a family reunion of sorts. I mean, you came a long ways to see them. Yes, I'm, I'm glad I chose to do so. Um, Cena. Yes? The savage woman wearing furs and yes. having <laughs> muscular arms and such. Bogdana kind of matches pace with you. And just, she hasn't spoken much at all this morning. She just looks over at you and she nods and she's just walking beside you. Hi, Bogdana. Good morning. How are you? Fine. Uh, just so you know, when we were at the camp last night, I absolutely did that uh, repeating shot uh, infusion to her weapon. That's good to know. Actually, um, I'm going to write that down. Tell me what that does again. Uh, repeating shot. Um, magic weapon grants a plus one bonus to attack and damage rolls and ignores the loading property. So she doesn't have to reload it. In that case, she says, um, I look forward to trying this. And she gestures to the short bow slung over her shoulder. Thank you. I look forward to seeing it. I haven't actually seen it in action before. It's just something that I learned how to do. I will let you know if it works. Thank you. You do this often for people. Well, not really. I don't really get a chance to practice my trade much. Uh, you know, it's just something that, that I like to do, but I don't do it often. You've been in these mountains. Eh, a couple of times. They can be treacherous. Yeah, I, I, I assumed so. I mean, mountains are generally kind of treacherous, but you know, giants were kind of built for this. At least mostly, at least a little bit. She gestures towards Mads and she says, he seems to have some experience. Oh yeah, he's a paladin and he worships the mountain. Good thing is that it means he's really good with the sword. Bad thing, you know, he won't stop and help you if you get crushed by a rock or something. But he is your family. Yes, he's my cousin. You are lucky. Yeah, I know I am, but thank you. I don't know any cousins. Really? How much of your family do you know? My father taught me how to survive before he... Oh. That is all. Oh. I lost my mother when I was pretty young. Lucky Baba is still alive. I'm sorry, though. It is done. Yeah, the past is past, but that doesn't mean it can't hurt us. It does not hurt. I continue on his legacy. Well done. I've... <laughs> I've tried to do the same, actually. The, uh, the jewel that makes up the center of my raccoon, I got it from my mom. It is nice. 
Thank you. She was an artificer like me, so I guess we're both carrying on legacies. She continues pace with you, but she doesn't have a whole lot to say unless you engage her first. Um, and Mads, while they're having their side conversations, you've been walking along until <laughs> <laughs> all of a sudden you hear, you feel another pat on your shoulder. <laughs> and uh, you turn around to see uh, <laughs> Benedict staring at you with a stupid grin on his face. Looks like it's just us, old boy. Everybody else has found their click. I am going to grab his hand and break it like I promised last time that he touched me. (laughs) (laughs) What did I promise you the last time that you placed your hand upon me? He's on his knees right now, staring at his hand, and everyone has stopped and is looking over at you. I definitely have not stopped. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I don't actually. I don't think Emil has either. Um, but the Benedict is uh, just clutching his wrist in his other hand, and he's looking at his probably de-straightened fingers. Oh my god! Oh yeah, like I did it like right above the wrist. Like it looks awful. <laughs> okay, so it's actually the hand. Yeah. Yeah, he's uh, he's kind of in shock right now, and he's he's one of those whimpering things things where he's like he wants to scream and cry but it, his body just doesn't have it he's just got nothing he's just <laughs> oh my god what did you do it would appear as though Hadel has received another offering I explained the last time that he placed his hand upon me that I would break it if he did it again he nodded because he said we were clear we apparently were not clear he falls over on his side. I'll touch him and I'll uh, heal him for uh, five points with my lay on hands. He grimaces as you guys hear the crack and pop as his hand goes back into place. And then slowly he wiggles his fingers and uh, looks up at you with tears in his eyes. And he says, what are you? I am one who does not enjoy physical contact. I thought that was explained well enough the first time. I was wrong. I think without a word, he starts to get up on his knees again, and you can invisibly see his hand trembling. And then he stands to his feet and slowly marches on without talking to you again. I'll turn to uh, my cousins and I'll say, The joke's on him. I was hoping he wouldn't finish his sentence. (laughs) But I'll keep walking too. Oh my god. That is, well, thank you for healing him, at least, Mads. Next time I will not. I have a huge smile on my face. <laughs> <laughs> I greatly appreciate be- being in your presence once again, cousin. And I yours. The group kind of treks on in awkward silence at that point, and uh, <laughs> nobody really makes much eye contact. Question, did you remember my threat to him the first time when you made him touch me? <laughs> Absolutely not. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he did either. Chris 100% did. <laughs> yep.
the densely crowded trees of the lumber camp are now growing more sparse and as you get up a ways up this mountain the snow becomes thicker and the trees become more spread out so you can see it's still clear it's not it's not snowing anything maybe tiny tiny flakes but the snow is deeper up here and every once in a while along your journey the uncle emil would uh look for those ribbons tied around trees and the certain dye different colored dye on the ribbon points to the direction the previous party headed and so he would just kind of follow from point to point to point i'm going to stop for a moment and i'm going to um take out my rope and uh tie some around my waist and then i'll go up to um cena and Firdus and uh offer to tie it around their waist as well so that uh hopefully if they slip i can support them yeah, I accept that. Yeah. Thank you, Mads. As you get up a ways, you uh, you see Emil stop, and he's peering over. It's, it goes up the hill, and then it kind of levels out a little bit, so you can't quite see what he's seen until you get a little closer to him. And uh, in the distance, as you make your way over this rise, you can see a strange towering formation with a large base and something at its tip. As you draw near, it becomes clear that the base of this formation is an old log cabin, probably a hunter's lodge or a hermit's house, and the towering formation is a massive spike of rock that rose up and impaled itself right through the heart of this cabin, splintering the roof. And then you realize, skewered at the top of the spike, maybe 200 feet above the ground, is the body of a giant. Have I ever seen this cabin before? I mean, this is your backstory. If you are on this mountain all the time, you're welcome to have advantage on your history check. Okay. Um, that'll be a 17. You have. You know, when you're in the trees, it's a little kind of hard to tell exactly where on the mountain you are, but you've definitely seen this cabin before once it starts to clear up, and there's nothing out here, so... He'd remember it. I don't think I've been inside before. I don't think that Mads is big on breaking and entering. <laughs> if you allow me a few moments to prepare, I could climb up there and identify the body. Emil looks at you, and then he looks at the spike again, and the body on top, and he says, We should find out what happened here. This does not appear to be the doing of Fial. Uh, Fial, you would know, is the, the name of the, like, god of mountains. And you, uh, are well-versed with this god, or it's just something you know kind of in passing? Just something I know through the druid circles. I have a okay. list of, of gods that I, um, keep track of. Gotcha. Yeah, um, Emil nods to you, Mads. I will grab my climbing kit out and uh, start trying to make my way up to the top then. Okay, so you, this thing is spiking through the cabin, so you'd have to like either climb up the cabin or go inside and climb through the center of it. How tall is the cabin? The cabin is built for giants, so it's probably 30 feet to its ceiling inside, and to protect it from snowfall, it probably has a 50-foot peak from ground to rooftop. As we get close to the entrance of the cabin, I'm going to uh, grab Mads by the shoulder. Um, 
Could you hold up for a second, cousin? I'll gently just grab one finger and pry his hand off of my shoulder and say, I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as he does, like, I, I instantly, like, jerk my hand back as he grabs it. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and I kind of, like, smile and wink at him. <laughs> and uh, I say, uh, I believe I should, uh, I should see if there's any magic left over from what caused this. And um, I'm going to start, like, uh, getting some things out of my um, pack. And um, this may take a, a minute or two. It's actually going to take ten minutes. And I would like <laughs> to uh, cast Detect Magic as a ritual. So, Ferdas, you cast this Detect Magic spell. And this entire spike is swirling with the leftover wispiness of transmutation magic. So that's the first thing you notice because it's the most prominent. Um, there's you, you just catch right at the tail end of your spell. There's something else in the cabin. It's just the faint essence of necrotic magic. Mm. The goddess of Eel looks gloomily upon this place. This necrotic's mist once you've spotted into the cabin, it's very faint, but you can kind of see a trail of it through the snow. Um, through the snow in what direction? From whence you came and from where you're going. Oh, okay. The spire appears to be made from transmutation, but there is a foul stench of necrosis in the air. It's going, continuing on in the direction we were going. Well, if we run into any undead, I will make sure to finish the job. And I'll pull out my uh, my uh, hammer and pythons. And uh, when I go up, even though um, Mads is a very experienced climber and could probably just do it free solo, he is going to uh, set up the proper equipment so that he can lower this body down for proper burial. burial. And so, yeah, um, I will go and roll my athletics check then. Okay. Uh, 13 plus 10 is a 23. You start stabbing these things into this rock and making your way a couple hundred feet into the air. And you feel the breeze pick up, and when you get to the top, um, it is pretty breezy, and you can see a long distance over the trees and off into the distance. You can see, um, since it's a clear day, you can kind of make out the city from where you came and the, where the logging camp was. Roll a religion check for me. Okay. Well, that's a big hefty four. <laughs> <laughs> They're kind of ornate. The clothes that this giant is wearing, um, a little decorative. And you have to heave him. I don't know. Are you strong? I'm very strong. <laughs> okay. I won't make you roll a strength check since you rolled so well on climbing, but it is a struggle. You heave him off of this rock spike and kind of over the lip of the needle and I would tie something around him first. I don't want to just put him over my shoulder and climb back down. I'm going to lower him and then uh, and then climb down myself. Yeah, you rolled a good enough roll. I don't think you have issue. You don't run into problems. Cool. So the rest of you down on the ground floor, you're receiving the body of this giant and he's wearing some pretty nice garments and 
So uh, who do any of you actually go into the cabin to try and gather him up, or are you just watching from a distance? Uh, I'm going to watch until he's, like, on the ground, and then I'll go get him. Ferdos? I would have been standing around kind of at the base of the stone thing from after I had done the, uh, the detect magic. Okay, that would mean you're inside the cabin? Yeah, inside the cabin. I don't think I'm going to go up to the body or anything, though, other than just kind of look at it once he brings it down. The cabin is minimal at best. Uh, it's just kind of an open rectangular room. And a lot of the furniture and everything got upturned when this spike jammed through it. Um, the body comes down and it rests upon the ground after kind of sliding down the slant of this spike. It looks like a giant, like a, he looks weathered and not old, but rugged. Um, his face has deep grooves and he's kind of rough looking, even though his clothes are nice. He's beard is unkempt and his hair is long i'm going to go and gather up some stones so that i can make a uh a platform to lay this body on we're gonna sky burial him <laughs> i think i think i 100 think that that's how mads uh does things um on the mountain where he's from so ferdos and mads why don't you both roll me perception checks while you're in this cabin okay 12. 12 plus 3, 15. Um, so you're both going to notice the the obvious things. One of them being uh, there's still a table intact when you first enter. And uh, you see this kind of pretty little cedar box that's open on the table with uh, three empty glass vials inside. And then around the room, you notice... Um, I'm going to post this symbol for you to look at. And Mads, you probably, you're just a man of faith. You haven't done much research and study and reading, right? Never. Not at all. Ferdas, uh, would you know much about the faith of your god, or would you just kind of know his name and that's about it? So, um, the the druids are polytheistic, so they, they have many gods, and their traditions would have been um, mainly passed down orally, rather rather than, like, through, like, sort of scripture and stuff. I think you would need to roll to recognize if you know this or not, but you see this scrawled into the wood and on papers and stuff. Alright, so what's a history check, you said? Yeah, or religion, either one. Or religion. To our listeners, uh, it's almost like a capital A, and then the bar that goes across the A, the left side fell, like... (laughs) Like the hinge broke. (laughs) Unhooked and fell on the floor. (laughs) kind of what it looks like yeah so uh my religion's a plus four so uh 19 you've seen this before um i've seen this rune before it is definitely related to the mountains and the religion of the mountains all right would this be like a symbol of um fial you would know that this symbol is not for uh the god fial you would know that it is mountain related and it's actually of a different god and you I think with that role would know that his name is uh, Donatus. Hmm. This is the rune of Donatus. I'm not sure what that means. I. <laughs> well, I only know that one word. <laughs> but um, 
I tend to think it's pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> <laughs> Just from the way that whatever voice that was said, <laughs> said it, I feel like that's bad. Emil has just walked up to you after kind of circling the spike in this inside this cabin and kind of kicking some stuff and examining a little bit. And he says, I see nothing in here. Do what you will with the body. We must move on. I am going to take my, fi- my time to give full funerary rites to this uh, giant. So um, I'm going to get a platform made with uh, stones to put the body on and um, I'll say some prayers to the mountain and giant and then um, I will take a dagger and basically put it right below the sternum and sort of like you know open up the chest cavity so that I can invite the buzzards (laughs) to come and start doing their business and uh, then I will drop to my knees and say some more prayers and once all of that is done I will uh, stand up and dust the snow off from myself and say We are ready to go now. He's been pretty antsy this entire time, kind of pacing back and forth as you do all this, and he says, good. And he just turns and marches on up the hill. And everybody else is just kind of watching, at least all my NPCs are watching with kind of wide-eyed as you do this ritual. (laughs) I don't think that uh, my wilderness woman is very phased, but the youth pastor is certainly appalled. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I would think that this isn't completely uncommon for um, some of the people to know about, but definitely not, you know, super well known. (laughs) We'll see your youth pastor. (laughs) (laughs) You guys march on mostly without any event as uh, I think everybody's giving Mads quite a wide berth. Um, Youth pastor's off on his own feeling like maybe he's a failure at life. Um, I definitely have my spear like out and at the ready since uh, like we felt that um, that uh, necromancy. Okay. The snow gets deeper. It's kind of approaching your uh, calves at this point. Emil is insisting that you all eat on the way and there are no breaks taken and uh, I think that you should all roll for um, I almost said vigor. What's it called in D&D? Constitution. Constitution. Yeah, roll cons. Alright. Oof. Emil is good. Bogdan is great. Oof. Benedict's just okay at best. <laughs> Creed's having a rough time. <laughs> um, he's actually having a harder time than Ferdos. So, Ferdos, you and Creed are uh, kind of lagging behind as this this slickness and the drudgery of this steep slope is starting to wear on you, and um, it's starting to snow as the evening dawns. dawns? And I think by the time it gets dark... You guys are kind of ready to at least take a break. Could we stop for a bit? I concur. Oh shit, are you guys okay? I must admit, despite our bloodline, this place is very unfamiliar to me. We are a long way from the Dalek's gig. I'm having trouble breathing up here. The mountain will take whoever she deems unworthy. 
So you must keep your strength and your spirit up, because if she deems you necessary to take, she will take you. We press on until late at night, and we will sleep. Mads will jump up and click his heels when he hears that. (laughs) (laughs) If you guys are going to press on, he's certainly going to keep going. So the night gets darker and darker. I think because we had a clear day, there's going to be stars in the sky, but the snow is falling at this point. I'm still tied off to my cousins, by the way. Okay. I don't think we're going to need to worry about the performance as of yet, but that's coming. So, finally, he he de- he deems it an appropriate time to bed down. So, how would you guys like to prepare for camp? What have you brought with you? Oh, when he says that, I'll say, Oh, we could keep going for another few hours. <laughs> no, we really can't. We really can't. Let's, let's, let's stop. You see, let, let's, let's stop for the night. It is a calm evening. It is a good time to keep trudging forward. I agree, if you carry me. There will be no one carried. If you need to stay, the mountain will decide what to do with you. I do agree that it is a good time to stop. Will a mountain carry me? The mountain will bury you. Emil says, We must stop, for we must get an early start. When it is light again, I'm having difficulty seeing the trail. If we are all going to act as giantlings, let us stop and take a nap then. (laughs) What have you guys brought with you to prepare for camping out in the snow? So, um, I have, uh, I have a couple of logs that have been, um, soaked in lantern oil or whatever, um, combustible material, um, is it readily available that I keep just for these situations where I have to dig down and try and get a fire to start because it's so incredibly hard up in areas like this. I also would have, um, like a little, uh, well, not little because I'm a giant, but like a tripod sort of like collapsible, you know what I mean? Like you've got the poles and you can hang down the little, uh, cooking grill thing over the fire. Um, and other than that, it'd just be bedroll, rope, stuff like that. Food. Benedict, the youth pastor guy, says, he says this to the group, not to Mads. He says, my favorite thing about camping out is uh, the, sitting around the, the bonfire. So I'll go gather some wood. And you see him trek off in towards the trees. <laughs> Make sure it is not green. Green wood does not burn. Will do. You absolutely see him going to a green tree. <laughs> can I go? Can I go with him? Oh yeah, because he's having, he he's struggling <laughs> to even cut through it at this point. <laughs> oh damn it! Before you said you were gonna go with him, I was gonna tell him to go look for a rock with a circle in it. Cena's <laughs> <laughs> gonna go with him just to make sure he doesn't, you know, get his other hand broken. <laughs> okay. What do you guys have for food? I have a really, really awful traditional food, which is um, like a very fatty elk piece that's been preserved with lye. So it smells awful (laughs) and it tastes awful, but it keeps for a really long time. I have like a sort of uh, jerky 
kind of thing, but it's like wrapped in like a sort of um, moss from the Darling's Skeg. And so it's like been kind of, you know, hipstery infused <laughs> with the like sort of minty <laughs> and like earthy kind of goodness of the uh, moss. Uh, Cena brought like a bunch of like pemmican type stuff. So there's like uh, jerky and fat from whatever animal the jerky is from and like dried berries and stuff in it. So that's what she has. She also has like granola or something. Like <laughs> giant granola. Nice. She also has a little teeny jar of oil for Gygax. <laughs> <laughs> Just to make sure he doesn't freeze. Okay, so um, <laughs> Mads, you're prepping your food and everything. You've already got the ball rolling on this stuff. And you see um, Benedict having gathered enough dry wood with the help of Cena, he proudly comes marching back into the center of camp and he says, There we are! <laughs> he drops it all into the deep snow. <laughs> no. You're an idiot, aren't you? You do realize that by dropping it into the snow, you have turned it from dry wood to... You know what? It is fine. We will set it near the fire as it is starting and let it dry out. And I will uh, get my little Yule log going. Cena will hand you the wood that she collected instead of dropping it in the fucking snow. (laughs) She curses a giant under her breath when he does it. Yeah. (laughs) I'll set all of that other wood kind of nearby the fire so that it can dry out as time is going. And every once in a while, I'll throw another one of the sticks on top to just kind of give it enough time to start burning, you know, and keep the fire going as well. You guys are sitting around the fire eating finally a moment's peace after trekking almost all day long from uh, dark until dark. Creed is sitting there playing probably a flute. He wouldn't have brought stringed instruments into this cold weather. Uh, Cena will ask Mads if she can see the weapon he uses most often. Let me roll a d20 and see how Mads feels about that. Because I'm not 100% <laughs> sure how he would feel about that. Yeah, he's cool with it. He will hand you a glaive that has um, a bunch of notches in the handle of it. Like, uh, you would estimate somewhere in the neighborhood of, like, 30. Okay, cool, so she can't lift it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you hand it to her. And which one is and she's like, cool, I just, thank you, I just want to cast something on it. Or I want to infuse it with magic. Oh, will it also work when I choose to unleash the fury of the mountain? Yes, it will, it's, it's, it's a constant effect. Once it's infused, it won't stop, just like I did it with Bogdana's uh, bow. Hi, Bogdana, and she'll like wave to her <laughs> across the fire or whatever <laughs> this sounds acceptable. She gives you a nod. Creed stops playing his flute and he says, What the hell was that back there? What was what? What did that to that cabin? And he looks over at Ferdos. You seem to know a thing or two. Ferdos at this point has been like hunched in his... um like woolly leathers that he's covered himself in and he's been constantly like sort of rocking back and forth in like a sort of meditation and then um when he hears that he um kind of looks up and then pulls his hood back 
Um, I'm not sure what I've seen back there, but it is not good. It is unsettled eel, and it was not the work of y'all. I came to log the entire journey and give sort of a a report so that they would know how to compensate us and I intended to fire it if fighting came to it but I wasn't expecting anything like that I thought we were chasing one man not some sort of well do you think a god did that or magic or what there was no god that did this this was a person a giant I do not know, but it was magic. It was done by someone who exists on this plane. I know whoever did that could no longer rightfully be considered a person. I sure as hell hope it doesn't happen to us. If I go down, I guess you're going to have to tell my story rather than my telling yours. I'm a very bad storyteller. Oh, great. <laughs> Mads will say that very matter-of-factly. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just have to make sure my journal gets down the hill and gets back to my family. That I am capable of, but please do not ask me to read it. I do not believe I can. <laughs> I haven't even remembered your name. Here's Creed. <laughs> Technically, my name's Creed Sadowski, but, you know, for performing, I just decided to go by one name. Sadowski. I would think that Creed would be a much better name if you were going to pick one word, but that is just me. I never much liked the name Creed. I think it's an interesting enough name. How old are you? You seem about 18. (laughs) (laughs) And you seem as though you do not know what you want. (laughs) You know, I, I don't always know what to say either. Maybe Creed is a good name for me, I don't know. Some have told me that I am psychic. Oh, yeah. No, no one has ever told me that. I made it up right now. (laughs) (laughs) Got my hopes up and then just crushed them. Maybe you are a good storyteller, Mads. They'll smile with a big toothy grin. If we come up against this thing, I'm going to do my part, but I can't guarantee my part's going to be much. Not against that. Hopefully we can catch it by surprise and just roll a boulder onto it. That does seem pretty valid as far as attacking goes. It is kind of my (laughs) go-to. Maybe it's my upbringing, but I would have never considered such a strategy. Oftentimes on the mountain you will find that there is a boulder nearby. All you need to do is pry it a little bit, let it fall, and it will roll and take care of all problems in your way. Wise words. Indeed, cousin. Indeed. (laughs) Here I am with the chills, not from the cold, but from what we just witnessed, and you're sitting there sure as a stone. Is there anything you're afraid of, Mr. Mads? Yes. I do not like elephants. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm dressed in like a mammoth leather uh, thing too, <laughs> and then like I just put the hood down and just kind of stare at him. <laughs> Do not worry, cousin. You are wearing their flesh, and I appreciate that. <laughs> I try to make a an elephant noise, and it just comes out like that. <laughs> oh my god! Sita's working on encha- on infusing your thing, so she's like got a set of tools out, and she's like balancing your glaive on one thing, and then you say you're wearing their flesh, and she like almost <laughs> drops it. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, um, that wasn't the response that I expected, but okay, cool. (laughs) Cousin, is there ever a response that I have given that has ever been one you have expected? I mean, the the breaking of the of Benedict's hand was expected simply because you warned us. He'll point at you and go. That is a fair point. I forgot about that. Benedict, please do not be touching me in the future. (laughs) (laughs) He might not heal you next time, Benedict. Oh, I definitely will not heal you next time. Don't worry, Benedict. I'll heal you the next time he does, just in case you forget (laughs) again. But it's like a three strikes you're out kind of situation. (laughs) When you say I'll heal you the next time he does, you see his face grow pale. <laughs> that is that is only if only if you touch him again. If you don't touch him again, he won't break your hand again. And she gives him a thumbs up. <laughs> His eyes are wide as he nods a couple times. <laughs> Maybe you should sleep with one eye open. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, now that I say that, perhaps we all should take turns. We don't know what's out there. If you are looking for someone to take a watch, I volunteer for the first one. I guess I can take the next. I'll take the next one. Three watches, that'll get you through the night. He's not going to um let you sleep for very long anyway. So he's Emil nods and says... This is a good plan. We should all bed down. We're getting an early start. We could have had a better early start by not stopping, but (laughs) that's just my idea. What are your guys' sleeping arrangements to best the cold? Uh, Sina has, like, a mat with, um, like, props underneath of it so that it's off the ground and a bunch of furs. Oh, nice. Or the equivalent of a space blanket wrapped in fur. <laughs> I'll say. <laughs> when it comes to be my time, I will dig down into the snow and put pine boughs over the top and pine boughs um, on top of the snow, and I will just uh, sleep on that. Verdos, um just sort of remains in the sort of crisscross seated position with his um, huge, you know, fur over him, and he's like just holding his spear. Um, with his hands and just like resting like that with his head against the spear and just kind of sleeping sitting up okay I think Bogdana and Emil uh, they both make sleeping arrangements for Creed and Benedict being you know knowing that they're not the survival types and everybody uh, everybody beds down Chris why don't you give me a d4 for weather in the morning there's a four it's snowy let's find out how snowy it is (laughs) 
And that is a three. Mads was covered up. The rest of you were all in the open, weren't you? Yeah, pretty much just right by the fire. Um, I think you awaken without even being shaken by uh, Cena as giant snowflakes land on your faces. It's a heavy snowfall. They're coming down pretty strong. And this is happening during my watch? It would have started in the middle. Oh, okay. The trail that you made trekking up this hill is already starting to get covered up. So Emil says, We need to get a move on. I don't want to lose their tracks. Aren't we following ribbons that they have tied to trees? For as long as the ribbons go, we don't know what happened. We don't know if the ribbons will always be there for us. Emil, I am not sure if you are familiar, but I am very familiar with this mountain. And if anyone can track him, I can. If we move too soon, we will catch exhaustion. He is right, you know, Emil. First of all, I would like to suggest that everyone start creating their own buried igloos with the pine boughs. Which is very important to keep the snow off of yourself. It keeps your body temperature up. My niece's life comes first. We can sleep when we're dead. And he starts packing up. You do realize that if we all die, your niece will also die. And I will get right up into his face when I say that, because I don't give a fuck about this little bitch. Not a, not his niece, this Emil guy. He's the I bitch. was so confused. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to match your gaze with a sternness and without flinching uh, physically, he will give way to your experience and say, do what you must and continue packing. I appreciate you, sir. This type of attitude is what got the last party to not make it. You don't know that they didn't make it. There's a very good chance that they did not make it. Mads will say very matter-of-factly. <laughs> you can see his jaw clench. I'm not saying we should turn around. Just... Setting the right expectations. You already know it yourself. I can see the realization gnawing at you. They will be fine. We'll find them. Lead on then, Emil. You know, um... I'm ready to go. Let's just get this over with. What do you say about pines? You should create a bed for yourself atop them, and also create a roof. As we get up higher, there will be more precipitation, and as precipitation lands upon you, you will lower your body temperature. Hypothermia is no joke. You must be prepared. If you build your sleeping structure properly and soundly, we will all be fine. The savage woman, uh, Bogdana, speaks up and she adds on, Try not to sweat. And starts marching behind Emil. Yes, what she said. And I'll also start marching. (laughs) So we are not getting a complete rest? Is that what is happening? It would appear so, cousin. I start to pack up my stuff begrudgingly. I'm, like, throwing stuff around into the bag (laughs) and everything. (laughs) 
You guys eat your food on the trail again. The sun starts to rise and you can... The snow is coming down in huge flakes. It's not a ferocious blizzard or anything that's not blinding you. They're just great big snowflakes fluttering down. And the trail that is all this broken, crumbly snow before you starts to get smooth, like a smooth canyon shape. And uh, it becomes a little harder and harder to see the trail from the packs of snow around you. Eventually, as you trek up the mountain, the snow is now up to your knees at this point, and you guys find that the mountain is cracked, creating a crevice right across your path from left to right. If you guys walk up and peer down inside the crack, it plummets like an abyss. It's about 20 feet across to the other side where it goes up like a steep wall. Its ledge is looming about 30 feet above you, and on this wall you can see a rope ladder that was originally hanging by two pitons, and it looks like the goal was to jump over the abyss and grab the ladder and climb up to the ledge. But now one of the pitons has fallen out, so the rope ladder looks more like a single tangly rope. In addition to all of that, the ledge above has ice that slid forward and created what looks like an icy overhang, like the overhang of a building rooftop, and it seems clear that in order to get to that ledge, you'd have to break through this icy overhang, which could potentially cause an avalanche right on your heads. How far in each direction does that, um, does this feature go? The crack spreads out from left to right, probably, uh, kind of around a bend. You'd have to go trek in to investigate. And are we, like, basically constantly going up this mountain is the direction we're going? From what you can tell, even above this ledge, it continues to slope upwards, so an avalanche is totally possible. If you all wait here, I think I can scout around to see if I can find a way. We have no time. Then jump! He looks at you with a seriousness in his eyes like, he just might. So, Mads, if you jump first, do you think you could repair that rope? If I succeed, there is a possibility. But also, I could just fall into the abyss. If the mountain wills it, she wills it. Then I'll go ahead and jump to the rope. (laughs) (laughs) I love Mads. (laughs) How long is this rope ladder? It's down to where you guys, you know, if you can jump the 20 feet, you can reach it. It's dangling that far down. And it goes all the way up to the ledge. It's just got this damn overhang you gotta break through. Oh, I can more than jump that, uh, that 20 feet. My athletics check is a 17. Yeah, that's for sure success. Uh, you grab this tangly rope and it the one piton that's left holding this thing it holds strong so you could potentially climb up and stab the other one into the rock um so what i would like to do when i climb up then is i'm going to grab my own pitons out of the um out of the, my pack and pound in some extras okay smart i'll take my battle axe out and with one hand start swinging at that fucking ice overhang <laughs> <laughs> Absolute fucking madman. 
And while this is going on, um, I'd like to sort of reach over and, um, and tap Cena on the shoulder and cast uh, Guidance. So you can add a d4 to uh, your ability check. Thank you. Thank you. Because she's going <laughs> to need it. <laughs> We're You're very welcome. And uh, Cena, the whole time he's trying to hack at this, holding on with one hand and swinging with the other one, she's like standing at the edge, ready to cast Feather Fall on him if he needs it. I think a couple of times I let go with both of my hands and just clutch it with my legs and swing two-handed, <laughs> just just for a <laughs> every time. Every time she just goes like, ah! <laughs> I'm going to roll a d20 in the chat and we'll see if, if it gets uh, below a 10 so a 1 to 9 will be an avalanche okay oh, no. <laughs> 6 no. okay you finally bash through this overhang of ice and it all starts coming down and it, the, the slide of the snow creates more slide behind it and there's just a huge slip and slide of snow coming down right on top of the group um, we're going to have to see how severe it is do any of you want to do anything or react to this just standard avalanche survival techniques to start like swimming towards the surface if it hits if it hits it it's bad enough i'm just gonna like take the the shield off of my uh shoulder and just kind of hold it up and just try to take it and then once <laughs> it's over try to pick up the pieces where they may um i'm gonna roll a d call it a 50 this is how many feet of snow is coming down on you guys oh my god not bad, not bad. 20 feet okay. of snow. Yeah. Uh, it hits you heavy and hard, but it's an, it's not so much that your faces are buried under it or anything. Um, you guys are going to have to try and climb out. But like I said, this are big poofy flakes. It's pretty fresh snow, pretty powdery. Would I have had time to actually cast Featherfall on Mad since he's still over the abyss? If it's an or... instant uh, magic use, I don't see why not. Yes, it is. Boop. Yeah, you guys get buried in the snow. The... The problem that it presents to you is that now it's going to be difficult to make the jump. What would you like to do? Am I still hanging onto this rope? You're dangling there. It didn't touch you. <laughs> I'm going to, uh, can I go down um, further? And I would like to start trying to kick off the wall and see how far I can swing myself. Okay. Oh my God. <laughs> I don't think this is going to be terribly hard. Why don't you just roll above a... An eight. Okay. Oh, nat 20. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're able to kick off this wall and then swing one piton right into the ledge that they're at and hold yourself. So this ladder's spanning the gap now. I'm going to hold the ladder and uh, say, a better time to cross there has never been. Before anybody starts to cross, like, I, I kind of take a look at it, and I'm, like, kind of giving that Thor, like, you know, eh, <laughs> kind of look. <laughs> and, um, uh, I turn to Cena and I say, um, uh, how far do you think you could throw a fox? Throw a fox? Eh, probably pretty far, I mean. Um, then I use Wild Shape, and I turn into a snowy fox. And um, oh, kind of bound up the, the snow to where I'm like right near her and kind of gesture towards her hand and then gesture towards the other end of the cliff. So 
before you do this, uh, Bogdana's gonna kind of give you a look, Cena. As in, maybe I should throw him. <laughs> <laughs> if anything, I could throw him. I am very adept at throwing things. But you're holding a ladder. <laughs> I will do it one-handed. Matt, all due respect, but I would rather you only do one thing right now. <laughs> what if I held it, did a dance, and gave rights? Please. <laughs> I mean, we're all giants, and this is a, a ten-pound fox, so I think anybody yeah. could probably throw oh, it pretty far. I didn't take that into account. For some reason, I thought proportional to a giant, so you're not a big fox. You're we a little fox. We went through this the last nope. time that he fucking <laughs> wild-shaped. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Brian. Yeah, I forgot. <laughs> so, uh, Cena will be like, Cena's going, like, are you sure you want me to throw you? You're so cute and stuff. <laughs> and then I, like, nod. <laughs> okay, alright. So, Cena will, uh, throw him across. Just Kobe. Like, <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, roll an easy athletics check. Just don't get below, like, a three. Don't one. give me a number. <laughs> like, I'm giving you just... a number. Oh, uh, 23. Fuck! <laughs> uh, you actually throw him too hard. <laughs> oh, come on! Ferdas, you go flying up this hill. I mean, way, and, and you just land so deep into the snow because she really arced you hard. <laughs> you, don't know, you don't take damage or anything, but you're going to have to dig your way out. <laughs> That's fine, I'm a snow fox. <laughs> it's like when you're trying to catch mice, but really, really, really high. <laughs> I haven't thrown anything in the wild. That felt kind of good, actually. <laughs> All right. Um, Emil is going to take you up on this ladder. I'm going to roll a check. Not bad. Would you and like then... me to roll to hold this or not? Uh, I think you should for at least the bigger guys, I think, for Emil and for the for Creed. Roll a okay. couple times. Gotcha. Um, 11 plus 10 is 21. Emil's good. Uh, 9 plus 10 is 19. Oh, yeah. And then a 19 plus 10 is 29. <laughs> <laughs> Bogdana got a net 20. Benedict got a bad number. Okay, let me see what Creed does. Nine, not great. <clears throat> you. So here's the thing. You rolled so high that um, I think they do struggle and falter on this terrible rope ladder, the, the youth pastor and the busker, but you are the one that holds them steady. They probably would have fallen on their own, <laughs> but you're holding <laughs> this ladder so tight. Cena, what do you get? Uh-oh. Ten. You did better than the others. So, again, you do falter, and you're uh, you're kind of flipping upside down, and then you have to kind of crawl on your knees and your hands on this stupid ladder. But Mads is holding this thing so taut that it's not very hard for you to do. She, like, she starts falling and just, like, and, like, <laughs> it's a... It's a and uh, once you're across, Mads Geronimo's himself... And, uh, where you guys go? You guys have made it across this chasm. Did snow fall into the chasm, or did it, like... Some of it, for sure. Cena's gonna call down into the chasm. Let's see if... Hello? Is there anybody down there? Hello? Is there anybody down there? 
You don't hear anything except your echo. Okay. That was the most fun I've had in weeks. <laughs> I can tell. You do not enjoy the mountain. This I can tell. I, uh, well, it's not that I don't enjoy the mountain. This is just something I'm not familiar with. And I also just kind of almost fell into a chasm, so... <laughs> no one almost fell. The mountain willed that we will find his niece. Therefore, we will find her. As soon as you say that, uh, Santa just goes, Yeah, and I suppose if the mountain wills that we die, we die? Yes, that is how it works, Cena. And he'll smile. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay. Okay. <laughs> sure. Okay. What would happen if we went against the mountain? It would hurt. For you. <laughs> <laughs> I just got that. I'm an idiot. <laughs> okay. Um, the day drags on as you guys slosh your way through this knee-high snow, and it is getting difficult. Um, it's getting deeper and deeper as you progress. By the time late afternoon arrives, I think it's getting closer to your thighs, and you really have to push hard to just get through this. And uh, I think you should all roll me con checks again, or con saves. Uh, <laughs> 21. <laughs> uh, 11. Oh, that's a natural 20. So it's a 29. Oh, Benedict. You're okay. Barely. <laughs> Creed's looking rough. So I think uh, all of you guys skirted by, including Ferdos, but Creed is struggling in the back, and he's at this point going to take a point of exhaustion. I told you we should have stopped for the night. The whole night. I don't know how much I can go on like this if we don't take a break. You will be fine. Hey, it's just getting harder to breathe. and <sighs> This snow is so fucking deep. Yes, this is what happens when you make your way up this high. Making my way up this high. <laughs> his, his cheeks are rosy red and he's panting hard behind you but he's trekking on uh, begrudgingly The before the night falls I want you all to roll me perception checks oh fuck I hate it when you do this <laughs> I really don't like the way you said that that's a natural one <laughs> god damn it only a 10 for me <laughs> I'm usually pretty good at them. Terrible, terrible. <laughs> so, you guys are walking along, and uh, everybody's kind of just got their... Or I don't know about you guys, but my NPCs mostly have their heads down. They're just focusing on trying to get through this terrible snow. And finally, Bogdana stops, and she says, Wait. And you guys look at her, and she points to the trail that you guys are walking through as you follow this kind of smooth trench that your previous rescue party left behind. And as you guys have walked and kicked up all this new snow, she gestures down to some red spots in the buried in the deep snow. Blood. Well, this is not good. 
She's going to begin digging a little bit and unearthing more uh, of this blood so that you can kind of get a sense of the direction it was headed. How uh, how dark is it? Would you say that it seems like it's coming from like an artery or does it seem like it's maybe not as heavy of a spray? Why don't you guys give me medicine? Deal. Seven. Fifteen. Uh, Mads, uh, based on the formation of the blood and how frequently it appears in the snow and stuff, you're going to kind of sense that it was dripping from somebody, maybe out of their mouth as if they were just coughing or maybe out of their face somewhere, you know, maybe leaking or being spat some way. Oftentimes when you spend time up on the mountain... Sometimes your lungs cannot take it. Perhaps there is disease. But perhaps there is some deeper sort of problem. Can I uh, roll an insight to see if I know how uh, long it's been? Sure. Okay. Uh, uh, 18? Since it's buried in the trail, you definitely think it's from the party that came before you, and based on how deep it is in the snow and how long ago they had left... Um, you're guessing it's probably been about one to two weeks. Are we up past the tree line enough that there are no trees, like, in the area? Every once in a while there's a tree, but it's mostly bald up here. Okay, is it, um, is there one, like, in the area that I can see right now? They're kind of sprinkled, so you could certainly walk to one right now. Okay, I would like to walk up to one, and you probably know what I'm about to do. (laughs) I do. Yep. Which I already kind of kicked myself for not speaking to a plant that was near that cabin with the crazy thing that happened so we can find out exactly what happened. <laughs> when we were camping after afterwards, I was thinking the whole time, like, shit, 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 I should have done that. Ferdos didn't get a wink of sleep. <laughs> yeah. He's eating at him. But yeah, I um, imbue plants within 30 feet of me with uh, limited sentience and animate them to with the ability to, to communicate. Follow simple commands. Hello, friend. Oh, what is this? Um, yes, it's, it's temporary sentience. Um, don't worry. It'll go away soon and you'll be back to being calm. I just have to ask you a few questions about something that transpired here not long ago. What do you wish to know? The beings that look similar to me that came through here earlier. Um, one was bleeding. Do you know what happened? Hmm. He is there. And, uh, you hear the leaves rustle to the north uh, westerly direction. And if you follow the noise, you can see um, uh, another tree off in the distance. And it's hard to make out because of the snowfall, but there appears to be something at its base. Quite possibly a body. Thank you, kind tree. Um... Is that the only one that you saw, or were there more? There were more. 
was one of them, how should I say, holding the others hostage. Hostage? I do not understand. Are you familiar with the idea of good and bad? Was there bad giant with them? I do not understand. Okay. Well, you've been more than helpful. Thank you. May I ask your name? Douglas. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Are you fucking joking? Uh, A fir tree. A fir tree. Got you. Yeah. (laughs) Tell me that you're fucking joking. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. I I, I reach out and shake one of its limbs. uh, And I'm like, (laughs) it's nice to meet you, Douglas. Uh, Verdas. Uh, Douglas Verdas. (laughs) (laughs) This is funny. Yes. Well, until we meet again someday, friend. You sense him falling asleep just like the previous tree. Okay. Yeah, I walk away towards that um, tree with the slumped over thing. Can we just talk about how Brian's best puns are the ones that he doesn't do on purpose? <laughs> I did That's that usually how it works. <laughs> you guys approach this tree, and sure enough, at its base, you see slumped over in the deep snow getting covered is the body of a giant. The Giant's March is a production by the Time to Die Podcast Network. It's one of our many different stories. If you'd like to find out more, visit timetodierpg.com. If you're enjoying the show, we would be ever so grateful for a review on your favorite podcatcher or a shout out on social media. Post about us on Reddit or Twitter. Share us with a friend. Whatever you can do to let people know that we exist and that you think our shows are worth a listen. If you would like to support us financially, you can pledge monthly at patreon.com slash time to die RPG. Or you can give us a one-time donation at ko-fi.com slash time to die RPG. Want to hang out with us? We have a Discord server. The link is in the episode description, or you can find it at our Time to Die website. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Time to Die RPG. Find us on Reddit at r slash Time to Die RPG. Tim, who plays Mads, is on Twitter at IdaGrabYourGun. Chris, who plays Feardos, is on Twitter at ChrisRileyLCP. Aubrey, who plays Cena, is on Twitter at AubreyGray1. That's A-U-B-R-E-E-G-R-A-Y and the number one. And I, Brian Bridges, the GM of this campaign, am on Twitter at ManlyBrian. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode of The Giant's March. Giants March audition. This is voice actor number 32 reading for one of his original characters. This is Daniel White and a character he calls Chaz Pomeranian. So take it away, Daniel.
The name's Chaz. Chaz Pomeranian. Swashbuckler, horse breeder, and adventurer extraordinaire. <laughs> Heard you're looking for some girls. Girls love me. Bring me on this mission and we'll be up to our necks and puss. And as for my cut, keep it. I don't need any money. My dad owns a wagon dealership. So I'm good. <laughs> Just introduce me to some of your giant goddesses. Chazzy's never had him a big girl, but he's ready to make one fee-fi-fo-come. Yeah, thank you, Daniel. That was really something. Uh, we'll be in touch. We'll call you. Thanks. <laughs> 